It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, it might be like that for the planet. Because the orbit is decaying, it's causing the planet to move incrementally closer to the star. Eventually, the movement's going to lead to a collision and the planet's obliteration. Wouldn't that be cool to see? The planet, it's a doomed exit. It's going it's to spiral right into the star and just explode. Snoop, you into that? Not the Wouldn't urban cool dictionary to see? thing. But. Hey, you, went, you, went, you were looking at that, that, uh, the James Webb telescope, right? Yes, I think that would be cool. That'd be pretty good to do. Okay. All right, I got to bump out. I got a conference call. Um, okay, well, I got to tell you this first. Okay. Florida teenager accused of trying to kill his mother Jeez. because she kept asking him to clean his room, allegedly beat her with a frying pan and stabbed her with a pocket knife. Yeah. Good Lord. Well, I'm glad you stayed for that, Jeff. Toby Brewer arrested <laughs> yes. Book in the juvenile Stay detention <laughs> after allegedly attacking his mother and said the suspect advised that he does not like cleaning his room and was tired of his mom constantly harping about it. The mother was hospitalized. She told investigators Toby did this. So, yeah. So they're, you know. Hit that little turd with a frying pan. See how he likes it. Stabbed his mother multiple times with a pocket knife. Hit her in the head with a frying pan because she was constantly on his case about cleaning his room. Well, he won't have to worry about that in juvenile hall now. No, probably not. He just did to clean up his own space there. All right. Jeff's got a conference call today. We, uh, coming up. We'll visit with Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, when we bring hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn. Business Services Studios. You're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK, KTAE AM Elgin, with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24 7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Life the Tower. Here on the horn. 1049. 1019. AM 1260. Glad to have you with us. Jeff House stepped out for a few minutes to get a conference call he's participating in. And then he'll be back with us. Coming up here in a few minutes, we'll visit with Greg Tapper, managing editor, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. One final time, one final recap and wrap up of the 2022 Texas high school football season. A couple of uh, programming reminders for you. Doubleheader of women's and men's basketball tomorrow on the stations of the Austin Radio Network. Two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, Texas women take on Houston Christian. And you can hear that game on 105.3 The Bat. Kathy Harson will join me for the call. We'll begin at 145 with the airtime and the tip-off at 2 o'clock. Then, Longhorn men play 
tomorrow night against the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. And uh, that'll come your way at 7 o'clock on the horn on 104.9 and 101.9 and AM 12.6, as well as on Coke FM, 98.5 and 99.3 FM as well. So that'll be tomorrow evening. Uh, A couple of uh, things to clean up on the Specs text line at 337-3776. And um, somebody said, maybe you could help me now with the Irwin Center gone. The building is still there, but obviously in terms of the not in use anymore for basketball. And the parking might have changed. My wife and kids are going to the basketball game at Moody Center on Wednesday. Are there new parking lots around? Are they still the same? I'm sure still 20 bucks, whatever. Uh, Mainer Garage. It's it's the Mainer Garage, you know, which is on that uh, east side of there, uh, right by the uh, uh, Mike Myers Track Stadium, and 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 all of that. Uh, it is it it just cozies right up to Moody Center, so uh, public parkings there available in the uh, Mainer Garage. So that's that's what you want to do, and uh, you want to approach that. Uh, basically from Red River from the north, if you can. And then you cross Dean Keaton and then go down and you take a little right there on on Maynard because a lot of construction stuff still there. But you do that and you uh, turn right on, I guess it's Robert Dedman, and then just right back left into the garage. It's off basically the back side of the, um, of the, of the east side of DKR and adjacent to uh, – the uh, Mike A. Meyer Stadium, but it's just right near the Moody Center. So you definitely want want that. That would be the route to go. Um, our man CB says, hey, I love Bijan, but Ricky's one of the greatest running backs in college football history. Cedric Benson is the 10th most rushing touchdowns in the all of the history of college football with 64. That's true. That's why I said you can have that great discussion with all of those. Um, somebody said, what does it say about gift cards for your parents? Snoop, it says that you're, you know, you're down here in the greater Austin area and your yes. folks are up in DeSoto. And so you you give them gift cards because that's the best way to go. But also, not being around your parents every day, you don't know exactly what they need, right? Correct. Yeah. And I just give them, like, you know, a Visa gift card. They can get whatever yeah. they wish. Yeah, yeah. Ice cream or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do your folks like ice cream? <laughs> Icy hot. <laughs> okay, you know. ice cream or icy hot, you know, whatever yes. works in there. Okay, so yeah, that's that's why. Uh, April Midland, the one who was talking about the grainy videos of Camel Williams, and I said, grainy? For the late 90s, he said, um, he said bad, bad internet out here in West Texas, LOL. So, Film does does age, though. Like, I actually have it studied. Does. It does. So it, like, it, but, it Ricky, might... you can see on video. You don't yeah. see on film. Yeah. <laughs> He's on video. It was in the 90s. Uh, so there's there's plenty of that. So anyway, uh, somebody else said they uh, they uh, the Maynard Garage for the Chris Rock concert was sixty five dollars. It won't be that for a basketball game. I can promise you that it 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 won't be that uh, for that. So uh, probably maybe twenty. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we're ready to go with this. Okay, on the Vicaro's Cafe and Cantina Hotline, or as he likes to say when I'm on. His show with him and Ashley Pickle. Pickle, let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll go to the or the hotline. And uh, joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, motoring somewhere. Uh, it could be I-30. It could be I-40. It could be I-44 if he's all the way into Missouri. He's the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. And, of course, uh, 
uh, I have the opportunity this season to co-host with him and Aaron Hartigan on High School Scoreboard Live. He and I got a chance to call the uh, Carthage win over Gilmer during the playoffs. He's our good friend, Greg Tepper, who's in a van, and, I, and I've gotten a lot of the feedback about it. He's in a van, not down by the river, but down on the freeway with wife Jen and boys in tow, correct? Correct, yeah. Let's see if I can do my Craig Way impression. Uh, I am, I'm on Interstate 44 uh, in Aurora, Missouri, which is uh, just about 25 miles due southeast of Springfield uh, in a rented minivan. Hank, our four-year-old, is watching Paw Patrol. Uh, Max, our one-year-old, is napping. And my wife is in the backseat trying to nap, but uh, ultimately being the quarterback back there and making sure everybody is happy. I am, uh, I am simply the chauffeur today in this rented minivan. And, and I got to tell you, this is the first time I've ever driven a minivan, and uh, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. This is riding in style. My, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, always swore that she would never get a minivan. This is because of growing up with one in the 90s and into the 2000s where my late wife had, uh, had uh, we went through a string of two minivans over 15 years, and they were durable and lasted a long time. But my kids, understandably, grew a little weary of them, and my daughter swore she would never drive it. And she's got four kids of her own now, and she has a minivan. And said, "Yep, I get it. I understand it." So. Oh yeah. <laughs> and let me and let me tell you, Greg. The as you could probably tell from your daughter's minivan, the strides in technology in minivan technology that we have made over the past fifteen years since my folks had a minivan are are really impressive. We have made great improvements in the minivan space as a uh, as a society. And, and I I for one applaud the engineers. For, uh, for, uh, for for putting in the work and getting getting this to the point where this uh, this boat uh, this boat's quite a quite a quite a vehicle. I'm I'm in, I have to admit I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'll buy one, but I have to admit I'm enjoying. It. Would you would you agree that that one of the big the if not the biggest technological breakthrough with minivans is the ability for kids to watch a variety of different video things on different screens. Oh, by the way. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, Hank's been back here. He's already watched the Paw Patrol movie. He's watched Blaze and the Monster Machines. We've got a couple of Cars movies on deck. I mean, we, he's set. This is this this kid does not understand how good he's got. Uh, and, and as somebody who as somebody who had to sit back there and read during during long road trips, I mean, the audacity of asking somebody to read during a road trip. This is living his best life. Yeah, I, I, I'm here to tell you, and this shows how old I am, that we thought it was a really cool deal when I would have the minivan driving to North Carolina on vacation, and I would buy the combo TV VCR that you could plug into a cigarette lighter, oh, yeah. called it the best $300 annual investment I'd ever make, and then we just... Put, put in one uh, Pocahontas after Little Mermaid after Aladdin, one after that. One time on the way back, I swear to you, we made it all the way from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta. That's six and a half hours watching all three of the Indiana Jones trilogy and not even a stop to go pee-pee. That's how cool that was. Wow, that, that's impressive, honestly. That's, <laughs> you know what? That's just A-plus parenting. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it space pay. That's A-plus parenting. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right. Uh, high school football is ageless. We know that. We know what, how great it is. And now we, we put another season to bed. Uh, before we break down the individual uh, state championship games and look back, what what was the overriding theme you, that you 
felt came out of this year's event in Arlington. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I thought that you had an interesting kind of, I think the, the big takeaway is going to be finally for a lot of these individuals and a lot of these programs. You know, uh, starting with two-way division, you know, uh, Albany and Denny Faith getting his first state championship after a, such an illustrious career. Um, you know, a, 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 a already a Hall of Honor career to put that capstone on it was impressive. Same goes with Reginald Samples at Duncanville. Same goes with your guest beforehand in, in Claude Mathis at DeSoto, that long-awaited title. Um, you know, for Dallas ISD to go back-to-back, um, I think that really that's kind of the overwhelming takeaway. The other thing that I'm interested in <clears throat> going forward is also going to be, I mean, let's, let's be frank, there were a, a good number of lopsided contests. Uh, and, and it, uh, in fact, I think a pretty shocking number of lopsided contests. There were some we kind of saw coming. I thought that Alito was a pretty big favorite over College Station. Uh, Carthage uh, entered as a pretty big favorite over Wimberley, Gunner over Poth, et cetera. But some of the margins were pretty, pretty surprising. And I wonder if, and, and, and beyond that, Region 1 and Region 2 went 11-1 against uh, Region 3 and Region 4. Only Franklin was the team to break through from the so-called right side or bottom side of the bracket. And my question going forward, and we'll probably analyze this all throughout the offseason, is is that going to be a two-year deal? Did realignment make it so that these power centers are now uh, centralized on one half of the bracket? Is that going to cause more lopsided title games when we get there? We saw it this year. Is that something we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, in 2023? That was one thing that as we were – Really, as Alito was really pulling away from, uh, uh, you know, uh, from, from College Station, that was one thing that caught my eye because I was thinking, okay, well, this is another relative blowout. Uh, what exactly does that mean going forward? Yeah, uh, uh, pulling away late first quarter, I guess, by the way. We were talking about that yeah. with regard to Alito there. Um, l- let me start with the six-man. Uh, uh, and would you say that probably other than, I guess, Carthage and Gunner, that, and, and maybe Alito, but that that probably the most expected results in a single classification were was one a six man with uh, Benjamin f- fulfilling its destiny and Westbrook repeating as a state champ. Yeah, I, I believe it's the only class where both teams that started the year number one finished as state champs. Uh, you know, and and Benjamin over Loring. Benjamin Enter is pretty considerable favorite over Loring, especially considering they'd already beaten them in non district play. Uh, if you want to point to the single individual best playmaker we saw at AT&T Stadium, it's hard to argue against Grayson Rigdon. I mean, what he, he was so clearly the best player on the field, head and shoulders, and that's with all due respect to the, you know, a really good Lorraine squad and the rest of his Benjamin squad. Um, it was shocking how much, how much better he was than everybody else and a worthy, you know, now two-time offensive MVP for two different teams. Uh, there with Benjamin, uh, he put on display. And then for Westbrook, I thought, I thought Westbrook, you know, I, I thought that game against Abbott was a relative coin flip. But, and I thought that Abbott really, I thought the difference may be their defense, but it was Westbrook's defense that I thought was really the difference 
in this ball game. Uh, their defense, after some early kind of uh, giving up a couple points, a couple touchdowns here, uh, and, and letting Abbott hang around, they really put the clamps on the Panthers and, and pulled away. Cedric Ware had a fantastic game, another dual MVP. That, guy's had, that guy now has four title game MVPs in two seasons, which is pretty remarkable. Um, but, yeah, I would say overall that would probably be the most expected results there was in Class 1. Uh, it, with regard to Benjamin, in, in talking with Granger Huntress, the six-man guru, he, he's hearing rumors and rumblings. I know this is not going to surprise you at all, that there's a decent chance that Jamie Rigdon, who, of course, had been at Strawn and they won the state title at Strawn, and then and then he ships up to Benjamin. He was going to be the head coach and then had some health issues and becomes the defensive coordinator that – uh, it's kind of like uh, they, they say in the transfer portal or whatever, going and hunting titles, that he may be hunting for to, for a head coaching job somewhere else where he feels he has a chance to win one. In other words, a team that's got some veterans, juniors and seniors, and all he needs to do is plug in the best player in the state. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened with Benjamin this past year. If you remember, uh, Benjamin was already brought back every starter from last year's ball club, which was a, I believe, a ten-win ball club, and 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 they were already going to start. I'll, I'll just, you know, I told, I said this on, on record before. I'll say it again. They were going to be about number five in the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings before they added Grayson Rigdon. Then they added Grayson Rigdon, and, and of course, rocketed up to number one where they stayed for the remainder of the season. And and Jamie Rigdon, uh, with all due respect to him, he's he's an he's an excellent coach. Uh, and, and, and certainly worthy of the, uh, of the, the phone calls that he's going to get. Uh, but uh, but you're, you certainly have to imagine that he's going to be getting the phone calls because Grayson Rigdon's phone number is not available. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so to 1A, what a big weekend for the big country with, with Hawley and Albany. First of all, you mentioned Denny Faith. It's a great story, but I don't think either of us expected Albany to beat Mart, did we? I, I think Mart entered as a small but clear favorite in that game, uh, and especially the way that they had really dispatched with Burton in the, in, the round, in the semifinals. They had looked pretty much nigh unstoppable, and I will be darned if Albany doesn't go out there and just dominate Mart, and especially up front. That was what was so impressive because all we'd seen over the course of the season was how much better Mart had been in the trenches. Talking with coaches who had played Mart, it was like, man, they are so night and day better than they have been up front. And then Albany, with Zane Wagner, who I thought was, you know, you can't give the offensive and defensive lineman uh, the MVP, but he was the best player on the field. He dominated in that game at, at both, the, both the tackle spot and the defensive end spot. He was fantastic. And then they had, they had three, they had a three-headed monster offensively. When you're talking about uh, quarterback Cole Chapman and then their running backs, uh, Adam Hill and Coyle Fever, who were excellent. Excellent in that game. Uh, I thought that Albany really, really impressed me, and and was it, it it was it was really interesting because you know I picked Martin that game. I was on the call with with Ted Emmerich, and we got through about two drives for each team. And I kind of looked around. And I was like, even with the game, I think it might have been like fourteen seven at that point. But even then, I'm like, man, Albany's a better team here. Albany looks like the 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 more physical team. They're getting what they want up front, and they're and the defense is hemming in. This, uh, this explosive Mart team. So, uh, yeah, I was awfully impressed by Albany. I think I misread just how good Albany was up front, and that was really the difference. Uh, and, then, and then, like you said, with Hawley finishing its, its destination, uh, when uh, you and I saw them a year ago and did the game against Shiner, we thought they were good and can get back. But, uh, uh, I, you know, we knew they weren't the same without Austin Compton. I, I don't know if either of us knew 
how good they would be with Austin Compton in a state championship game. Oh, Austin Compton, I think it's pretty clear how valuable he is to that team because, you know, and, and that's with all due respect to Deontay Ramon, who put on a huge show in that game. Uh, Hez Parker, who was great at the linebacker spot, had an interception return for a touchdown. Rody Hooper, who I think really grew as a passer, and, and the offensive and defensive line really matched up well with Refurio over the course of the game. Uh, with all due respect to all of them, uh, you saw exactly how important Austin Compton was to just getting everyone fitting into the place where they want. Because you remember back to the state championship game against Shiner last year that you and I called, um, where they had to basically move Deontay Ramon to running back. And so not only are you as well, which really kind of neuters a lot of what they were able to do offensively, this was the Holly offense in full bloom. And remember, that was a really good defense that just got done, uh, that just got done handling Timpson you know, with, with their outstanding playmaker, Terry Bussey, um, and, and they were able to go and do whatever they want. Now, I would like to see what that game looks like if Refurio doesn't put the ball on the ground five times, but if you know, and they, they capitalized on them too. Now was it. look at a team playing with purpose for Mitch Abel's bunch and a, and a well-deserved state championship of Visiting with Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, re, uh, recapping, reviewing uh, the uh, the season and the state titles. Okay, so we move on to 3A, and it is part one of launching a team into the sun. Uh, Gunner, Poth, uh, but I, I don't think that was necessarily unexpected, was it? Yeah. I, I, Gunner perhaps had the most uh, overall impressive and dominant performance uh, perhaps the weekend. I mean, no, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's not you can pick there. Was supremely impressive, and the running game really humming along. They looked excellent. And but but really, if you go back to talking about what Jake Fazell is all about, he's a defensive guy, and that was a defensive, uh, just absolute math against a team that that I uh, kind of oversized them. They were out. They were overmatched up front as far as size is concerned. But that smallish defensive line went to work and they shut down the post running game um you know to the tune of i think they only had about 100 yards rushing on the game and 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 post didn't really have a plan b after that and then you know that that gunner team was able to just kind of squeeze the clamps on them uh that was supremely impressive from gunner who who looked wire to wire number one they, they looked undisputedly the number one team in, in three division two and i have to imagine that canadian fans are tearing their hair out wondering what could have been if they could have stopped that last-minute drive, last drive against them. They, they probably would have been doing, uh, you know, a, a, at least enter that game as pretty clear favorites there as well. Or even made an extra point to get the game in overtime, right? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's got to be some what-ifs up there in, in the panhandle. Uh, you know, uh, take nothing away from Gunner. Of course, they went out there and they took it, and then they, they took care of business on the title stage. But, but that, that semifinal is now looking a lot like what was the state championship game. All right, so it brings us to 3A Division One. Somebody on the uh, 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 Specs text line said, based on ranking, the championships were duds at 6A Division One. Clearly, whoever the texter was did not see 3A Division One, 4A Division One. Uh, and uh, and uh, also even 5A Division Two, which was very competitive as well, because starting with 3A Division One, that was that was just entertainment of of a different level, and how hard hitting those teams were, right down to the last second walk off field goal to win it all for Franklin. 
Look, I know that that game was 7 nothing at halftime, and I know it was 7-7 going into the fourth quarter, but if you, if you watched that game and you were bored, we can't be friends. That game was awesome. That game was a coaching masterclass on both sides with Mark Fannin and Billy Mathis. Defensively, I thought that was just a... game they they didn't do it last year they i think they were over three passing last year uh in the, in the title game moving over over gunner this time on like third and eight like a really critical down and distance to get them in the field goal range they completed a pass and sure enough it was one of the biggest plays of the game and in the sense of the game when he field goal that was a masterful football game and that's a that's a for for a week that didn't have a ton of instant classics, that was certainly one. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Okay, so then it gets us uh, you know, back to the uh, the to blowout city and launching into the sun and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Carthage winning the 4A Division II crown uh, over Wimberley. Great season for Wimberley. Carthage clear, clearly uh, finishing a mission. And, and just like what she said about Canadians, certainly the folks in Somerville County must be wondering about this. Glen Rose thinking, oh. we were so close, and had they been able to beat Carthage, uh, first of all, I think it would have been a much more competitive game from Wimberley against Glen Rose than, than Carthage. Agreed. We would have had a much more competitive state championship game, but it, it was like you said, we're going to find out if Carthage just got their wake-up call. Clearly, that's all it was. Oh, it was a wake-up call to the highest degree, and and I got to be on. First of all, this uh, let me be very clear. This game says a lot more about Carthage than it does about Wimberley, and just the machine that Scott Surratt has out there. Um, and I um, I talked with a coach who's played Carthage in a title game before, um, and and I, I kind of mentioned to him, I was like, you know, Scott Surratt's such a great play caller, and he goes, you know what, you know what makes him such a great play caller, and I'll I'll edit this for for radio. Mm-hmm. He goes, he doesn't care, he doesn't care. He will run any play on any down and distance, and he's so un- he basically doesn't have tendencies, and and that's kind of what you saw. I think the perfect example was that was that first touchdown where it's it's zero zero and it's fourth and four at about midfield. And first of all, that that down and distance that situation scoreless first quarter early first quarter, eighty percent of the punt away, especially with. Instead, Scott Surratt not just goes for it, but he says, you know what, we've got a one-on-one matchup with Noah Patty on the outside. Let's just take a deep shot. And sure enough, they hit a 48-yard touchdown, and, and it, the route is on from there. That was, uh, I think, a, another coaching masterclass there from Scott Surratt and, and proof of why he's 9-0 in state championship games. Nobody's ever been 9-0 in state championship games. Uh, he's, he's, he's the king, man. I mean, that, that is, I mean to, to, be, to have that record, to get to nine state championships, and then to win them all, all against very different opponents, is, is, is staggering. What was it he told you he keeps all of his state championship rings in like a Walmart sack or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, when we did the cover, uh, when we did the cover shoot, the Lord of the Rings cover shoot in 2021, we met him out at the, uh, the indoor facility out there in Carthage, 
And uh, we were like, hey, could you bring your ring to me? He was like, oh, and got, of course, if you ever heard from Scott's right, you could have that real deep East Texas draw. He's like, oh, yeah, I got him right here. And he pulls out this Walmart sack, which has just eight state championship rings just jingling around in there. I'm like, all right, you know, you could probably afford a case. But at the same time, I, I, I think that that probably that speaks to that speaks to just kind of the uh, that's kind of who he is. He's he is he's an East Texas boy. And, and, and even though he's. He's got a lot of jewelry. Uh, I don't know if he has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of use for uh, for the for fancy things like jewelry cases. Yeah. Hey, hey Tip, I will tell you one thing. Carthage did have a freestyle wrap uh, midway through that game, oh. and, and they dropped a, a Bally's and, and Tep's name in it. How about that? They did, but I don't know there if y'all could have aired see. it. But it was cool. I was like, wow, they're rapping and they're rapping about being on Bally's. How about that? Wow. Well, there you go. See, listen. Listen, uh, the, the, the culture is very strong, and, and I'm very glad that Bally's and, I guess, myself have a position in that culture. <laughs> uh, 4A Division One, what a thriller. Uh, it, 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 uh, it's not often, I mentioned this on the last show the other night, that a team can spot another team, a three-touchdown lead in a state championship game, and live to tell about it and come back. And, and that's what China Spring did to Bernie, because Bernie played a great first half, but China Spring's defense was just unreal in the second half. Oh, they were absolutely spectacular and, 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 and uh, gave their offense an opportunity to figure things out after a slow start. Uh, you know, Bernie roars after that 21 nothing lead, and then basically they're, they're really getting – really it looked like kind of what, what I thought was going to happen, which is Bernie's offensive line was having their way. They were eating up, up, up front. And what you ended up seeing was I think Tyler Beatty and his defensive staff said, all right, we're going to basically stop asking our linebackers to drop back in coverage, and we're going to make – which means because we've got to stop the run, and that may mean that we're going to put our, our secondary in one-on-one situations, and they've just got to win, plain and simple. It was, a, it was a, a reallocation of resources, and it's a big risk, right? Because this, as we saw, this is a burning team that can throw the ball with Jackson Bays and his, and his brother Braden Bays. But in the end, they came up with the big plays – and the defense allowed them to hold it in it, and then Cash McCollum got cooking. They were able to get the ball rolling downhill a little bit. Tristan X-Line had a huge touchdown run, which really cut, which tied the game. And then, again, to, uh, to go on that drive and, and set up a game-winning field goal on the same hash, on the same side of the field as we saw on Thursday night, that was, it was very bizarre. Uh, almost just like you, you, you copy pasted it and, and changed the uniform number or changed the uniform colors, uh, as as you saw with Franklin. Uh, but China Spring with their outstanding kicker Thomas Barr banging through the game-winning field goal to go back to back and do the same thing that Franklin did, which is go back to back despite moving up a division. Which is there's just a lot of symmetry between those two teams. Yeah, I had to make sure I didn't copy paste my play-by-play call on each of those game-winning kicks because they were separate games on that. Uh, we talked about Alito. The, the final thing I want to get to is South Dallas supremacy, South Oak oh. Cliff, DeSoto, and Duncanville, and, and and winning those state titles and and feeling good about Jason Todd back-to-back, feeling good about Claude Mathis winning his first, and obviously feeling good about uh, Reginald Samples winning his first after 309 wins without a state title. Yeah, it, it really was. For South Dallas, it was a real celebration uh, there, you know, for just that part of, of, of the world. Uh, and, and long overdue for guys like Claude Mathis and, uh, and, and Reginald Samples, and then, of course, for Coach Todd to go back-to-back. You know, uh, it, it's funny. Uh, my mom is, is a Dallas Kimball grad, and uh, she went out to their by district game against Midlothian Heritage. And needless to say, Midlothian Heritage really walked 
Dallas Kimball. And, and she, so we were talking about it after the game. She was like, yeah, you know, Heritage is so much better than Kimball. And my response to her was, do you understand now what a miracle South Oak Cliff is? Like, you see the disparity between, like, the, the, the inner city schools and the, the suburban schools generally. And to see that, to see a team go, I mean, 15 months ago, the idea of a Dallas ISD school winning back-to-back state championships in football was just inconceivable, absolutely inconceivable. And now they've done it, and, and they're a powerhouse. I mean, they're a team to be reckoned with every single year. Absolutely. And, and so that is, it was, it was awesome to see. And then for, for Duncanville to slay that giant and to slay, you know, the, the team that has always had their number for the past five years, basically, felt really good for Reginald Samples to come down. Of course, it was not easy. Uh, they, they had to earn every inch, and then they had to finish it off with two of the most tense kneel downs in Texas high school football history um, to, to get the win. And then, you know, for DeSoto, I thought what DeSoto did was remarkable the past couple of weeks uh, to get wins over really good Denton Geyer and really good Vandegrift squads and to do it in a way that I thought really shifted the narrative about De- DeSoto. You know, fair or not, DeSoto had a tendency to, to shrink in the big moment. And, and instead, uh, it kind of got to, for lack of a better term, it got to lemon booty time there for both for DeSoto against both Geyer and Vandegrift, where it closed with their four-point game, and DeSoto stood on the gas pedal, and they said, not this year. This team was different, and I think a lot of that credit goes to Claude Mathis, the culture that he's helped to build there at DeSoto. It was a, it was a remarkable weekend for South Dallas. Uh, sounds like uh, Hank's video has reached its Paw Patrol conclusion. Is that correct? Yeah, are you done with Paw Patrol, buddy? Or was that Blaze? It was Blaze. He's oh, always Blaze in the monster machine. Okay. So, All right. uh, but that's that, that's over. But we'll we'll probably pop, put on something else. Maybe maybe watch uh, Cars Two or something like that because this kid doesn't know how good he's got it. Good call. Good call. Hey, uh, have a have a safe drive. Have a great holiday season. I know we'll uh, cross paths again right around the corner. But I appreciate you uh, hopping on every week. We had a lot awful lot of fun with this, and uh, we'll just run it back next year. I'm looking forward to a partner. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. You too. All right. That's Greg Tapper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and uh, co-host with uh, Aaron Hardigan and yours truly on High School Scoreboard Live. Up next, we have a Flex 30 update and also our next Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn. License 363 and 18580 Y'all need a guard dog for your plumbing. Zach, are you talking about Sadie's guard dog protection? Yep, and it's available exclusively from the Zach Master for just $14.95 a month. Sing your song, Zach Master. When your home has Sadie's guard dog protection, Gettle will send out a plumber with a 30-foot drain cable to open your stopped-up drains at no charge. You save $80. And that's the Gettle price. Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L.com. We do things the right way, not the easy way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, I want to remind you with this weather getting ready to turn really, really harsh, think about maybe 
safeguarding yourself against uh, bad weather. We all remember that ice storm of 2021 and the massive power outages. Well, our friends at Divided Sky Roofing and Solar can help you with their backup batteries and Generac generators. And they can help keep your family safe and warm by installing a backup battery or a Generac generator. Uh, You can be prepared for any short or long-term power outage. And the backup batteries come with a 30% federal tax credit. All you have to do is call and see which product is right for you this winter and if you've come to the conclusion that what you have to do is go ahead and replace that roof you'll never pay more than your deductible with divided sky they offer easy financing no money up front there's no payment due until the day they start your job and they carry a full line of solar products including the timberline solar shingles and a lifetime warranty on your roof give them a call today at 512-995-ROOF or check them out at dividedskyaustin.com and now a holiday poem from specs Tis the season for shopping and gifting galore. And with Specs lower prices, you'll always save more. Specs selection is stunning. The aisles stocked deep. You'll find a horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, uh, here we go with the... Um, you might say the final wrap-up with regard to high school football, and I'll leave it with this, Snoop. Like I said, I was going to let you know with the computer. The computer was ready to point out where it's right and admit where it's wrong. Okay? So, in the computer's 2022 UIL preseason predictions, this is what the computer from Pigskin Prep picked. There were 704 teams that made the playoffs, Okay. The computer had 590 of them, of the 704, okay? There were 192 district champions. The computer had 126 of them. There were 96 state quarterfinalists. The computer had 55 of those. There were 48, 48 state semifinalists. The computer had 30 of those. There were 24 state finalists. The computer had half, 12. And the state champions, 12 of those, the computer had half, six. So the computer did well on some things. As the playoffs progressed, not quite as much. And um, the uh, six state champions, they correctly predicted South Oak Cliff, Carthage, Gunner, Albany, Westbrook, and Benjamin. Additionally, they picked in private school, 11-man Division I, Parish Episcopal to win the state title, and they did. We pointed out a Parish Episcopal team that beat Alito, that beat LBJ, that had South Oak Cliff down in the fourth quarter, and that also beat China Spring. So uh, they had them correctly picked. They had Dallas Christian correctly picked to win the Division Three title in 11-man. And it had Fort Worth Covenant Classical winning the six-man Division Two private school championship. It also had uh, schools losing in the finals, Brock to Franklin, Shiner St. Paul to Lubbock Christian in 11-man Division Four, And uh, it had uh, Bulverde Bracket Christian losing the Longview Christian Heritage. So there it is. So there, Snoop, there's your final computer tabulation. 
for the year on that. All right. Uh, how about another notebook here? Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. I will encourage anybody that wants to stay up to date on everything leading into the early signing period starting tomorrow. Get over to Horns 24-7. Mike Roach and Hudson Standish are going to keep you updated on the latest throughout the day. Mike just posted uh, some notes. Here are a couple of things I want to run down real quick. Don't expect a ton tomorrow in terms of surprise. Remember last year we had the, the run of offensive linemen and the Terrence Brooks flip from Ohio State on Sunday. Right. Day. Don't expect those kind of fireworks, but it's going to be a busy day for the Longhorns. Keep an eye on Derek Williams, the safety out of the state of Louisiana. He may or may not sign tomorrow. I think he's debating does he sign now or does he wait until february so that he can take some more visits miami a really big player in that recruitment right now uh we know jelani mcdonald from waco Connolly, the outstanding athlete I think texas likes him on defense he's going to announce his decision on at the all-american bowl on january 7th uh mike said one guy to watch tomorrow tyler scott the cornerback out of the state of Georgia, there's still some optimism on the Texas side that maybe they can get that thing done. Uh, and then two guy, two other guys to watch tomorrow that are currently committed to other schools. Camorian Pimpton, the tight end from North Crowley, mm-hmm. committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's trying to hold on, but Texas has made things really interesting down the stretch. He made a visit to Texas. And then DeAndre Moore, four-star wide receiver out of the state of California, St. John Bosco, the prep powerhouse over there. Uh, he... St. John Bosco released their signing day itinerary for 9 a.m. Pacific, so 11 o'clock here. He's listed as to be announced, so anytime that happens, you're always wondering, okay, aren't you committed to Louisville, but it's going to be an announcement. Uh, And Mike mentioned in his notes that he continues to feel pretty good about where Texas stands with DeAndre Moore. All right, there it is. All right, uh, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Like sports, business is about... The whole thing is that Jeff Howe feels so much better now that you're throat is much better off than it was yeah. now that you've come through the COVID thing. Yeah. Hey, by the way, can I just bring this up real quick, and I'll get more into this later in the week. You guys ever gone down the Bing Crosby rabbit hole? Oh, yeah. I only mention this because it was brought up to me probably about 15 years ago at this point, uh-huh. and now that that's been ruined for me, I'm making uh-huh. a point to ruin it for as many other people as I can. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I try not to think about that that particular but I'm part alleg- of allegedly constantly referring to one of his kids as quote unquote satchel ass yeah 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 he's uh, rough that's uh that's a, that's that's a difficult story there with some of that <laughs> think about that while you're listening to white christmas everybody yeah there you go all right um sorry to the show on a downer no 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 it's okay it's all right i, I totally get it uh, all right. Uh, as we get ready to wrap this one up, uh, we're here two more days, tomorrow and Thursday. And uh, we've got a lot of other things to get to. So we'll we'll do that still. We've got to talk some bowl stuff. Uh, and you and I will be down in San Antonio in the run-up the couple of days to uh, the Alamo Bowl itself. You know, I used to pride myself on being able to roll off the tongue with name that bowl sponsor yeah did there's Craig they changed so much now. I know I wish like, I could have done it with Rod this year I didn't get a chance to do it because of my travel schedule but I, it would have been fun to do that you're right all right it's gonna wrap it up thanks to Snoop Daniel behind the glass from a co-host Jeff Hell. I'm Craig Way thanks for joining us we'll visit with you tomorrow on light the tower on the horn
Rocky and Aaron. I've been watching those, too many of those National Geographic deals with 30 below, you know, where you're.